Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in what? And test me. This is the only place in scripture where you are instructed as a command to try the Lord, to test him, to put him, amen, to the test. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. I want to talk about this morning, can you stand to be blessed? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, can you stand to be blessed? A new direction. Many of us want to be blessed. Many of us want to live a blessed life. Uh, it's a common expression after you sneeze. People say, bless you. But if taken seriously, <laughs> bless you responds to sneezing actually dilutes the true biblical meaning of what it really means to be blessed. Can you stand to be blessed is more than a bless your response to a sneeze. Can you stand to be blessed is about a lifestyle that will result in a life marked by one blessing after another and after another and after another. I want to say to you church today that I desire to see the people of this church live a blessed life. I am praying that God's blessings will follow you. That God's blessings will run interference in front of you. To be blessed, according to the Bible, means to be a recipient of a supernatural favor that ultimately could not happen had God not initiated it. Blessings. People say they want to be blessed. And people say that they can handle the blessings of life. I want to tell you that, and I've been alluding to our brother Job, who lived the blessed life until his test came. Then when all of his portfolio crashed and when he lost everything Job had a perspective on life that really blesses me he says the Lord giveth oh come on somebody I have some Bible readers here the Lord taketh away he said come on blessed be the hey can you stand to be blessed? How many want to take a new direction this year? 
many of you want to live on that lane of blessings? But understand that during that time you're being blessed, you have to understand that it's not about the blessing, it's about the blesser. I want to help somebody with something today. I want to help you to start off fresh this year, a new direction. If you really want to be blessed this year, there are some principles from God's word that you have to understand that it works, it is real, it is true, and if you let the devil hoodwink you and hijack you this year, you will find yourself living on another street. Biblically speaking, we cannot bless ourselves. Think about that. But God can make us a blessing. And God can use you to become a blessing to somebody else. Ultimately, why do you want to be blessed? Why do you want an abundance? Why do you want more money? Why do you want favor? What is it for? I was watching uh, a documentary yesterday on capitalism. And the question was asked, why the man that made the SARS, he made the vaccine, he could have became a billionaire. But you know what he did? He gave it away for free. He could have sold it to a manufacturing company. And, and when, was, when he was asked, why did you, he says, because that's what I was created to do. I want to help somebody with something. God's going to bless you this year. Financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Okay, you can stand this blessing. And I want to show you something here that's really powerful because, because it's important for you to understand that don't be afraid of the book of Malachi. Don't be afraid of this passage. I know you've heard it before, but Webster defines a presupposition as, an, as, a, a, as something of facts that you know before you enter a new situation. Presuppose things. In other words, I have a context. So I presuppose that you are obedient to God. <laughs> I presuppose that you don't have a problem with God. Come on, somebody. I presuppose that if you want to be blessed, that you're willing to do whatever it takes in obedience to God to be blessed. The author of this book, let me tell you what had happened to the people. In my sanctified imagination, they were living in a pandemic. The people of God had fallen away from God. The name Malachi or Malichi means my messenger. And so what God does in the midst of his people falling away, he sends a message through a messenger. The city of Jerusalem and the second temple had already been built. But the initial enthusiasm had worn off. I'm trying to help somebody. You see, when you do new things in church, <laughs> people are always excited. Come on, y'all. Remember when you first joined, how exciting it was? Amen. And, and here's the thing. If you get caught up in ritual and, and routine worship, it will wear off. People's love for God had been gone. 
following the period of revival through Nehemiah, the people and the priest had backslidden. Even the pulpit had fallen. They were not observing God's law anymore. They were violating all of the, all of the stipulations of the Mosaic law. God had told them to do certain things and they had fallen away. In chapter 1, verse 7, you don't have to go there, they were lax in their worship. In chapter 3, they became delinquent in their tithing. They, they could not understand why was God so dissatisfied with them. They, they were going around, they were not doing what they were supposed to do, but then they acted as if they had spiritual amnesia. They, they were playing the pity party. They're like, why is God treating me like this? Why is my life falling apart? Spiritual stubbornness and neglect led them to ask how. They were asking how. Look, look at Malachi 1-2 for me. <laughs> how? How? See, when you and I are outside of God's will, we're always going to ask how. 1-2 says what? I've loved you, says the Lord, but you say, interesting to me. That when you and I walk away from the principles that we learn, we start questioning if God was even good to us. I ain't shouting today. I'm teaching. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. As sons honors his father and a servant his master, then if I am your father, this is God speaking to them, where is my and if I am a master, where is my? They had stopped honoring God. They had stopped respecting God. And then they were asking what? How? Isn't that something? Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Chapter 1, verse 7. Verse 7 and 8, we read that already. Look at verse 7. He says, you are presenting defiled food upon my altar. Now, here's what they were commanded to do, presupposition. They were supposed to bring their first fruits, their best to God. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Pray for me, will you please? They were supposed to bring their best gift to God. What did they start doing? They were bringing their defiled animals to God. But look what they said. Look at, look at, look at the text. Look at the text. He says, but you say, <laughs> how have we defiled you in that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised? Look at verse 8. But when you present the, the what? You know what God said? When you bring a sacrifice to me, make sure it's healthy. They were going back and grabbing all the leftovers. Can I ask you something? Can you stand to be blessed? I got to come off from this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you stand to be blessed? If you can stand to be blessed and you can't bring God your leftovers in 22. Don't pay everybody else and then bring him what you have left over. And then say, how? 
how am I doing this? How, how has my life ended up like this? I'm, I'm going to church every week. I've seen people who are in church every week, but they're not living the blessed life. How is that possible? Have you examined what you've been doing for God? And I'm not just talking about your giving. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your talents. I'm talking about all those gifts that God has put inside of you for his glory. God says, are you giving me top notch or are you giving me blind stuff, lame stuff, stuff that you wouldn't even give a dog? And that's what was happening to them. You follow me? Watch this now. Watch this now. So here's what happens. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, look, you bring, you bring what? But when you, verse 8, verse 8, chapter 1, but when you present the blind for sacrifice, it is not, is it not, is it not what? Is it not what? Hey. So what is God saying? God says, if you're not bringing me your best, then it's evil to bring me your worst. Tell your neighbor, this is the word. Watch the text. Watch the text. And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? He says, why not offer it to your, would he be pleased with you? Or would he, would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Here's what you got to know. If they would have brought a gift to the governor that was blind or lame, he would kill him. So here's what I'm realizing. Sometimes we got more respect for Citibank and Chase and Wells Fargo and we're willing to give them all the fees and bring God the leftovers. We would rather impress people than praise God. Come on, help me somebody. God says, what you doing? But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us with, with such an offering on your part? Will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that, that there were one among you who would shut the gate that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you. You get in the context? I want to be blessed this year. My brother, I want to be blessed this year. But I want to tell you something, my sister, I want to be blessed this year. But can I tell you all something? I'm going to make sure I'm going to bring God my best. I'm not going to keep saying how and why is this happening to me. When I look back, I got to look back and say, okay, am I doing your darling? Am I doing my best? When I show up to serve, do I have a smile on my face? You know, because when I go to work, I got to put a, would you give that to your boss? Come on, somebody. Would you give that to your boss? Would you give that to your company? Would you give that to your employees? Here's the thing. When we come to God this year and when it comes down to a new direction, we have to say to ourselves and make up in our mind today that we're going to bring our best to God. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. I'm going to give him my best. But, but, but let me show you. Can I show you something else? Lest I stay here so long. Look at chapter 2 verse. Now, now here's the thing. Here go the preachers. <laughs> preachers had a problem. Preachers were not doing what they're supposed to do. It ain't just the people. 
But so go the preacher, go, so go the people. So go be the people, go, so go the preacher. But in verse 17 of chapter 2, look what happens here now. Verse 17, verse 15. Let me go back to 15. Let me tell you, the, man, the people of God were in a mess. All right, let me back it up real quick. Look, 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 look at verse 15. But, none of, but not one has done so who has a remnant of, of the spirit. And what did the one do while he was seeking a godly offspring? Take heed then to your spirit and let no one deal treacherously against the what? Wife of your youth. Verse 16. For I hate what? Divorce, says the Lord, of, uh, the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, now, you know what was happening here? They were divorcing just for any kind of reason. She's not cooking right. I'm divorcing. She ain't doing what I asked her to do. Divorce. And then God puts his stuff right here and he says to them, listen, I hate divorce. You're dealing with your wife treacherously, the wife of your youth, the wife of covenant. And here's the thing. I hate divorce. So the people were depraved. They were divorcing. Listen, they, were, they, they thought they were living. They thought they were pleasing God. And then they're going to ask, how? Can I help you with something? The stock market is going to crash. Okay? Your finances not going to last. When you die, it's going to go to somebody else. But the greatest thing that you and I have as blessings is the fact that we know God. And when we use our resources to move God's kingdom forward, watch this, you will be blessed. Now, watch this. I, 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 got, I got a few minutes. Watch this. Watch verse 17. I got to go, ver go to verse 17 now. You have wearied the Lord with your what? Yet you say, How have I wearied him in that you say everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them or where is the God of what? They were calling wrong right and right wrong and they were wondering why. Is this making sense? But look at verse 13, chapter 3. I'm sorry, no, chapter 3. Let's go to chapter 3 now. And let's come on down here to verse 7. This is what happens, y'all. He says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my and have not kept them. Here's the appeal from God. Return to me and I will return. See, it's, see here's the thing, y'all. It, it's a new direction. And if you're going to be blessed this year, you have to really ask yourself a question, how far are you away from him? Here's how you know if you really return to God, you're obeying his word. I'm going to say it one more time. If you want to return to God, repent, but return to his word and begin to apply his word to your life, and that situation will be settled. Do I have anybody? 
The text says, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, and these people right here, man, listen, they, they're tripping me out. They're tripping you out. And look what, look, now I want you to show you, I want to show you something. This text has been preached a lot of different ways, but not the right way. Watch verse 11. I'm, I'm sorry, watch verse 8. Watch God's response. They ask the question, how shall I return? He says, will a man rob God? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, there's a difference between a thief and one who robs. What does a thief do? He does it behind your back. You don't know he's doing it. Ask yourself a question. Can I stand to be blessed? I, I can stand to be blessed. Watch the text now. Watch this. Text. A thief will do it behind your back. But he says, you come in my presence. You lift your hands and worship. You say hallelujah. You, matter of fact, you come down every Sunday for prayer. But you're robbing me. And you're smiling on camera. Smile for the camera. God got ring doorbell on you. <laughs> Every time you show up, it goes off. Smile for the camera. Y'all follow me? He says, will a man rob me? Rob God? He says, yet you're robbing me. <laughs> Read the text. Y'all see it? Let me, let me go up here. But you say, how have I, what happened, what happened, how have we robbed you? And look at God's response, in tithes and offerings. Hold on a second. How many believe God's word? I believe God's word, right? Listen, can I help you something? You can't go through this year with the financial turbulence you've been through last year. You can't do that no more. So here's the deal. Here's how you turn it around. New direction. You have to understand, and we have to understand, that when we don't tithe, and when we don't give an offering, there's a difference between a tithe and an offering. Here's the difference. A tithe is 10% or percentage of your earnings. Okay? So, so for every dollar, you give God a dime. Now, we don't teach that here. We teach that in your tithing, you give from your heart. Not at, a, not at a percentage, but the 10 is your starting point. We went, we went to a restaurant. Where did we go? Yeah, we went to a restaurant. Yeah, I forgot what restaurant that was overseas. And these people took 18% of my, hold on. Yeah, we ate in Brazil. Somewhere we ate, somewhere. Listen, he already, I was going to tip him anyways, right? He figured I'd just add it in there. I'd shoot us. 18%. So I'm thinking to myself, if God is getting 10, the waiter's getting 18, something wrong with this. So can I ask you a question? Can God get a raise this year? 
camera? Can God get a raise this year? Listen, listen to me real good. The context is clear. Now, I'm setting you up for something here, so hold on, okay? I got 12 minutes, okay? Watch this now. The tithe is 10%. The offering is just overflow. Offering is how you're blessed. So when you come to Bible study and you give $10, that's, when you give $10, that's, that's your offering. That's like, so we're just going to say that's my offering. Because I know you made more than $100 that week. But if you're giving that as your tithe, then you're not really tithing, you're robbing. Okay? Watch this now. This is, this is Bible. Now, the reason I want to motivate you this way is because here's the thing. You keep coming to church. You keep giving, but now it's time to get educated on how to give. It starts in your heart, but you got to stop saying how. How come I don't have enough to pay this bill? How come I don't have enough to make ends meet? How come I don't have, you know, extra? How come I'm always struggling? How come this? How co Ask those questions and tie it right back to what God says here. You've been robbing me in tithes and offering, verse 9, and you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. So it ain't just you. Everybody do it. You know, that's the, that's the thing we say. Everybody do it. The whole nation had stopped tithing. And you know what they were doing? They were coming to church expecting blessings from the same place that they were robbing. Oh, man, that's cold-blooded. How can you rob a place and go back in and say, here I am? That's cold, ain't it? I call that bold. So then God tells them, if you want to do it right, let me give it to you. Ready? I got 10 minutes. Watch this. You ready? The context speaks of itself. He says, bring what? First point. If you're going to stand to be blessed, first thing you got to do is this. Ready? Be honest and obedient to God in your giving. This year. Be honest and be obedient. He says, bring not piece of the tithe, but the whole thing. Now, you tithe on gross, not net, by the way. That's before taxes. Okay? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The issue that God has with the people and the priests was their dishonesty. Listen, this is a principle. God says, if you can stand to be blessed, you got to be honest with me. Listen, I, I, I was in a situation last year, right at the end of the year, right? Right at the end of the year. I said, Lord, I got a tithe. <laughs> but I need this little money right here. And I made the choice to tithe. Because it's what I do. I know that my honesty with God and my obedience with God in giving, it dictates everything, y'all. Watch this now. Watch this now. Oh, man. The word here, when he says the whole, he's talking about an action that's done. It's con it conveys an action where the subject 
watch this, in character is intentional about doing it. So what I want to say to you is this, don't do it if you're not intentional about it. Do it from the heart, y'all. But just know this, your blessing is tied into it. Not, not only is there tithe, not only in their tithe that he wants your whole tithe, but he wants your whole worship. Because tithing is an act of worship. Look what he says next. He says, bring the whole tithe into the what? Storehouse. So that there may be food in my house. Second point is this. Be concerned about God's house. Saints, listen, if you're concerned about God's house, do you not believe that he'll take care of your house? The people had forgotten who had blessed them. Their needs had become greater than God's. Their needs had become greater than God's needs. And the reason why their needs had superseded because they were neglecting the house of God. Listen, these lights are on because you tithe. Did you not know that? Salaries are paid because you tithe. Utilities are paid. Property taxes are paid. All these things. God's house. But remember this. Every time you do not tithe, you're taken away from somebody's salary. Or some bill that cannot be paid. And God says, listen, do you even care about my house? He says, so there may be food in my house. Let me share something with you, okay? When the people tithe, the tithe went to the, to the Levite priest to take care of their business. The offering is what took care of the bills. See, the tithe was really for the priest, not to pay bills. Because God gave the priest the tithe, and the tithe, you have to understand about tithing, is the tithe is holy. Remember that. So when we hold back, we're taking something that's holy from God and we're defiling it. Can you stand to be blessed? Watch this. Here's the next thing. And if I, if I can encourage you today, I want you to take this challenge from God's word. Look what he says next. He says, and test me now, now in this. Test me now. Somebody's struggling right now. They're like, shoot, he's talking about money. Here's my next point. Ready? Put it up there. Be, no, that's not right. I don't think that's right. That ain't right. You have to believe God and his word. You have to believe God and his word. Wrong point. All right, write that down. Believe God. He says, he says what? Test me now in this. God is inviting you and I to test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Notice he uses the word Lord of hosts. Who would you want in battle with you? Do I have anybody? Listen, listen. When, what I find interesting is that he refers to himself as the Lord of hosts. In other words, the Lord of army, the Lord of warfare. Who would you rather have on your side when you're going through this year? 
the Lord of hosts. You've tried everything in your power, but watch it to accomplish your success and it's not working, but the Lord of hosts will step in. He will send an army to stand with you. And if you're going to be blessed, watch this. We got to forget. We can't forget who is blessing us. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord of hosts says, test me. Try me to see if the principle works. Don't take it by my word. Test God. Try him. Those who say the church just wants my money, check their lives out. Check it out. They don't believe the word. Watch this. And they've never tried it. So, so, so if, I, if you're going to stand and be blessed, you have to be ready. I know that's what I gave you, but, but you, gotta, you, got, you got to do this. You have to be you have to believe God and his word. And look what he says next. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. He says that if, if, first class condition. There's three class conditions in the Greek. I got three minutes. Watch this. Three class conditions in the Greek. Ready? First class condition, if and is true. Second class condition, if and maybe is true. And the third class condition is if and it's not true. This if, it's an if and it's true. He says, if I will not open for you. <laughs> boy, I feel, I feel, I, I, boy, I, listen. That's the next point. <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> for what? Heavenly favor. You don't need earthly favor. When, when God puts a window over your life, get ready. You don't even have to open the window. He says, I will open the window. How many of you standing under your window right now? How many of you can stand to be blessed now? Listen, I want to tell you something. It, the, the dividends will pay. There is interest that's going to be paid on all that stuff you done been through. But God says, if you test me, See, there's the obedience part. Test me in this. Test me in this. Listen, I will open the window. Heaven has windows. Tell your neighbor, heaven has windows. And I need one of those windows. Last time I used this illustration, I said, ain't that small window. I need a big old window like this right here. I need this whole thing to be my window. <laughs> How many need a big window? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. because we serve a big God and he says I will open this window and what will he do saints look what he says he says I will what I will open the window let me ask you a question he says and I will what I will pour out for you see the reason why it doesn't say blessings but it says windows Lord have mercy y'all got to catch this it says windows, but each window has a blessing attached to it. So let me ask you something. Do you want to stand at the window of peace where he just pours it out on you? The blessing, the window of joy, and he just blesses you with it. Come on, somebody. The window of prosperity, and he pours out financial blessings to you. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to say something to you today. He says, and I will pour out for you a blessing until it what? So that last point is this. 
be ready for overflowing blessings. Saints, I want to say this to you. We can change our lives today if we test God in this. I want to have that overflow. How many want that overflow? And this word overflow means it wears out. It's so much that you can't even handle it. It's so much that you got to give some of it away. He's going to give you enough, but he will empty what he has for you. He says he has windows, and under each window is a blessing. He has windows, and under each window is a blessing. But it's predicated on what? Your what? Obedience. Charlie Page was a young man broke and penniless and jobless. One day he stopped on the street to listen to the Salvation Army service. When the tambourine was passed around for the collection, he told the girl who held it out before him that he would like to give something, but he had nothing himself, even for his food. She gave him a dollar saying, take it. Put 10 cents in the offering and hereafter give a tenth of all you get to God. Keep this up all your life and you'll never be penniless again. He did so. He got a job. He began giving his tenth, his tenth regularly. By and by, he became a millionaire and gave much more than a tenth building hospitals and help in so many ways to carry out the work of the Lord. All because he learned one principle, and that is to test God. May I ask you a question? Can you stand to be blessed? Give God a hand clap of praise. I want to say this to you. God's word is so powerful. And even, even today, looking at it again and again and again. When it comes down to you testing God, stop asking how. That's what we do. Like, if, if I give this, then how am I going to pay my bills? Stop doing that. The other part to that story I was telling you earlier is as soon as I gave my tithe, came right back. So I didn't lose anything. Saints, I want to see you blessed. And we're going to start our financial faith and finance teachings here. But it starts right here with this. Just like you want God to give you strength, just like you want God to give you favor, just like you want God's blessing, just like you want God to fix your marriage, to fix this, fix that, fix that. And the third, here's the thing. Why don't you ask him to fix your heart? Lord, I want to give joyously this year. I want to give 
from a heart. I want to test you. I'm not giving you no extra motivation. The word should be enough. Here's the motivation. Try him. Take away the hows in your life. Pastor, you don't know I live on a fixed income. I got this, I got Listen, try him. Every dollar that comes to your hands, you give him a 10. And then after a while, it's going to go from 10 to just, you know what, Lord, this is what I want to give today. That's how I give. I said, Lord, what would you have me to give today? And it never made, it always amazes me. It's always above what I've made for that week. And God says, you love me. I was just telling my wife, we have no lack. We're happy. We don't have an abundance, but we, guess what? We're happy. We have joy. We can sleep at night. We don't have to worry. And every time that worry thought start coming up, you know, first of the year, everything come, right? Taxes and this and this and this. But guess what? I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trust God. We're going to keep giving. And we're going to give our way out of this thing. So if you're here today and you're ready to try the Lord, so I won't open the doors here. You can stand right where you are, and I'll pray with you. If you want to pray about this issue, about this here, Pastor, I want to be blessed. Can you stand to be blessed this year? If you need prayer, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you.